Hunters, and welcome back to the Ultimate Fictional Character Podcast here on Zeitgeist. I am Matt Acevedo. And I'm Christian Humes. And we've done, we're done with our first season. Yeah, the we, first season has been eliminated from the bucket. Yeah, <laughs> but we have, we have our first Ultimate Fictional Character, and that is the Doctor. Now, we actually haven't been able to destroy our bucket of losers yet because we never finished our Division 3 and Division 4 losers bracket. So that's, that's right. what we're here to do today. Mm-hmm. We have two more mid-season episodes between Season 1 and 2 after this week, yep. and then we'll be back with Season 2 with special guest Stephen Ray Morris, who, if you're a fan of... My Favorite Murder, mm-hmm. The Per the Cast, uh, See Jurassic Right, a billion other podcasts you will be aware yeah. of, Stephen. So we're very excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. But today, guys, uh, if, in case you're just tuning in for the first time and haven't listened to the whole season, what we do on this podcast is more of a celebration of these characters. We pull four characters randomly from the from the bucket of characters from pop culture, of movies, TV, film, books, whatever. Any genre of fiction. Literally any. It could be commercials, whatever, you yeah. know. Uh, and we have a, we pit them against each other and we have a discussion, a friendly discussion is what makes them great. Uh, it's more of a kind of celebration of the characters rather than like a who's stronger. We take in like all variables as to like, what, why is this person great? Correct. You know? Yeah. And, but today we have our losers bracket for division three. And what that entails, we have chosen f- uh, one character from each round from the four rounds to compete to for a chance to get yeah. back into the bucket. It's our wild card. Basically, these are characters from Divisions 3 and 4 that didn't make it to the end, and we're giving them a second shot, each one from each match. So two characters today will get to go back into the bucket, which doesn't guarantee they're going to come back for Season 2. Um, before we announce which four characters from Division 3 and 4 are going to fight it out, mm-hmm. we should announce, uh, Matt and I decided we each got to pick one character yes. from the whole season that we felt like... <sighs> Okay, they actually like really deserved a second chance. And it, funnily enough, they were both from like the same, like Divisions 3 and 4, not from the first half of the show. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring back Bugs Bunny. I think we really overlooked how important he is to everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he actually should have won his match. And maybe the outcome of the show would have been different. Maybe the finale would have been different. Uh, maybe it wouldn't have been Ash Ketchum. I don't know. So I'm I'm just like using my pass for Bugs Bunny to bring him back. Yeah, uh, and I am going to be bringing back Monkey D. Luffy. I think that he has a, he is such a great character. I think we didn't give him enough credit. I gave up on him too easily for some reason that day. I just felt like everyone was leaning towards Samus, and I feel like I didn't put up enough of a fight for him. Um, and I think he's an incredible shonen character, one of the staple shonen characters when you think of shonen. He is shonen. He is shonen. He literally is. Um, he's Mister Shonen. Yeah, and I think he is like we can't deny the fact that he is just incredibly iconic. Uh, and unfortunately, even even still, even though four kids messed it up for America, there he is still well known in the Americas. Sure. You know what I mean? So that's true. He's going. He's my pick. Uh, so let's let's start off. We're going to do two of these loser brackets. Uh, so the first one is going to be Division 3, and we have Thor, number one from Codename Kids Next Door, Sydney Bristol, and Neville Longbottom. So only one of these characters gets to come back, which is actually crazy. You know what? That's a really tough matchup right there. Yeah, we were picking, we 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 got these characters, and I was like, oh yeah, well this will be easy. And I'm like, the first matchup is Thor number one. The third division was brutal. It was. The it third really division was. was just brutal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we just jump on into this first fight, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Thor versus number one. 
um, off the bat, like, look, I, I, I think I said I talked a lot of smack about Thor because he's real dumb. He's portrayed as kind of dumb so in the movies, dumb. at yeah. least earlier in the series. Like as it's gone on, he's become like much smarter, but he's still sort of a meathead. In Norse mythology and Norse fiction, he is uh, a big dum dum also. But you can't deny he's also like really cool. Yeah, he's, like when he comes in Avengers and like bring me Thanos. That's, that's I was literally that's the best moment in all of event. Like I think all that's the, all, all MCU in, in in 21 movies. I think that is the number one yeah. moment in all in all of superhero fiction that I can even think of. I can't think of another superhero movie that has anything that was as awesome as that moment. Yeah, it's pretty dang epic, man. Even Dude. when he like <sighs> flies in, like cuts his head or cuts his arm or whatever. Um, cuts the Thanos' arm and should have gone for the head, but that was still like super cool. It's so good. Yeah, he took the force of a of, of a star. He did. Oh my gosh. He's very cool. And then obviously number one, who is cartoon James Bond. Yeah, but more than that, I think he's like like we. I, number one had a really good. I thought we fought really hard hard for him in the first round, but um, you know they were he was very similar to Nora Durst, but you know. He's like the Miss Frizzle of spies, right? Yeah. Because he's like got like all these crazy like things that should not work. It's like he should have like a little treehouse, but it's actually a gigantic secret clubhouse and it connects to the moon. There's like pipe systems. That, like his whole thing is just insane. Yeah. And what it came down to is, I mean, our number one, with the coding kids next door, they, they fight adults, but they don't just fight adults. They fight adults that, that are, they fight people who are, trying to say that their way of living is the only way that yeah. you have to, there are all these radical kind of adults who are like ones like, like, you know, uh, addicted to coffee, like the delightful children from down the line are like, they had to be like perfect. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Number and, one's fighting hegemony. Yeah. And he's, right? he's in, for an individuality to, to keep that. Absolutely. And, I, and that's, I think that's such an incredible, yeah. What an incredible show. Like he's, it's not about uh, growing up. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's about keeping who you are yeah, as it, you grow up. Right. It's, it's about not, non-assimilation yeah yeah sure. and for a kid he's like a fantastic leader so then it's just going to come down to what's what's the more interesting character here because what is thor's personal identity because number one's personal identity is about not assimilating not joining the group retaining individuality thor's is actually very different thor's is more about protecting like the realm about like protecting others not it's like about his cause is less about his own self and more about protecting others. And number one becomes that. Yeah. At first, uh, I, Thor is a pretty, he's pretty young uh, when he starts off as Thor, when he gets yeah. the hammer and he's kind of, you know, a little, he's a little kind of naive. He's very naive, which is like the whole point of why he was like, you know, transformed into John Smith and had to like learn, uh, um, Oh my gosh, the, the word there's a I'm literally having a brain fart where you're trying to find humility. Yes. Sure. He's trying to find, you know, he needs yeah. to understand humility. Uh and you know, he, he so at first he was he was all about himself and just being like really tough and like, you know, like yes, praise me. But then later as he goes through humi- finds that humility and becomes he gets the power of Thor back, then right. he that's when he's realizes like like, you know, there's so much more than this lifestyle that he has and With like great power comes great responsibility. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, 
Yeah. So, you know, I, I, Thor becomes that, which is not, like I say, like him being, having that journey doesn't, it's not a bad thing. Uh, it sounds like I'm saying that him starting off like that is not bad, but he grows. We see his growth. Of course. He even becomes the all father. He is literally, right. he, he becomes Odin. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and at the end of the world, right. He's still like earth has become nothing but like this desolate wasteland yeah. in the future. Right. Um, but Thor still holds out hope that he can like save it. Right. He like tries so hard to protect it. And I think that's really cool. So, so, but number one, yeah, I mean, look, how, what, what's the differentiator here? How do we, how do we pick between these two though? He's so epic. Like Thor is so cool and epic. He, he deals with problems. It's weird. Cause I can't really say his problems are very, like number one's like fighting like a secret shadow war. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah. He is like in this massive, like, sort of secret battle between like the adults, like the bad adults, not just like regular old adults. Yeah. Um, it's weird because in number one's universe, like, as you get older, you become the villain. But in Thor's, it's more like about the wisdom that comes with age. Right. And what I like about Thor, it's not just the wisdom that comes with age, but also the wisdom to question tradition. Yeah. And like, Yes, traditionally, we were doing these things and like treating these people poorly because they were lower than us. But that's messed up. So we should probably change that how we do tradition. Yeah. Do you think number one's a little too limited from the fact that it's a show about kids being like cool and it's just like ultimately at some point or another you have to grow up and it's like you're like there's just no way to advance really his story in a in a way that's true to his character other than him becoming the villain. Whereas with Thor, that's actually like the opposite. Well, you you would think that, but like number one, like he he he's still like the like best agent. He he even goes at the end of the show, he like leaves, like he he like sacrifices himself or something. I remember. Yeah. And he in the end, they're interviewing real live people that are old, that are numbers two through five. Yeah. And then you find out that it's number one behind the camera, and they like, you know, what I mean, so like I don't know. Like he doesn't. I don't think he becomes the villain. I he, see. He grows up and he still le- leaves this huge legacy. Uh, and he, you know, he fought. He stood up for like people being themselves and stuff like that. Um, so are you saying number one's better than Thor? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think number one's a great character though, and I can't. I can't. I can't deny they're, that they're both heroes. I just don't. I think number one's a really cool character. I don't know. Look. Man, at the end of the day, Thor is a literal god to, like, real people for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally. Like. That's true. Number one is a cartoon show, which is totally fine. But, like, it's about kids in a clubhouse fighting adults. And I think there's a lot of, like, metaphorical problems in it. But Thor deals with real problems without metaphors. He deals with real discrimination. He deals with real death, with real murder, with real love. And all that stuff is displayed metaphorically in Codename Kids Next Door. And I think it just, it limits how impactful that character and that kid could be versus Thor. Yeah, I can see that. They're both fantastic characters. They are. Both of these made it to the final fight in they the did. round. Uh, but I I can't deny the, the legacy of Thor, though. No. I mean, Thor is just so awesome. And, right. You know, and he has such history and like he changes. Yeah. He does change. And I think that's good. Well, number one, it's kind of very, you know, he, he, he has his ideals, he has his, his point of view, and he sticks with it, but I don't necessarily see him growing. 
Correct. Right. So I, I think, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, look, I love number one and I can fight for him all day, but I think he's got to go. Four is just a better character. Yeah. I think he's got to go. Yeah. We, like, we're on the first of eight matches here today. <laughs> oh, crap. That's right. Yeah. We got, we, oh, we're doing both today. We're doing both. Oh, we're doing both. Oh, then, yeah, we need to move. We, get we need to move on. Uh, all right. So, sorry, number one, you yeah. are fired. Yeah. <laughs> You're happy birthday. Happy birth. Happy uh, 13th birthday. Happy 50th birthday, number one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Thor's moving on. All right, Sydney Brissow versus Neville Longbottom. Oh, Sydney. <sighs> Sydney. Whoa. Dude, Sydney is such an incredible person. But like, so is Neville Longbottom. Dude, Neville is okay. I don't know why everyone fights so hard for Neville. Because, okay, so for a number of reasons, right? Neville Longbottom, number one, he is arguably like one of the most loyal characters in the whole series. Okay. He also, unlike Harry and Ron Hermione, has almost like no skill. So he has to like learn and try very hard. And you see this like little, like chubby kid grow up into this like handsome, like big, tough dude who from the beginning fought for his friends and put himself in harm's way and do hard things. Um, he literally like, he goes through this incredible story of like his, he, his parents were like tortured in front of him as a baby. He's had to like live with his grandmother. He's like humiliated by everyone, but he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder about it. He just still wants to help everyone. And he wants to like fight for what's right, even though like the world has done him so wrong. Yeah. And like at the end of the at the end of the day, he destroys like the final Horcrux. Okay. And like he pulls the sword of Godric Gryffindor. Like he is worthy. He is very worthy. But on the other hand, you have Sydney Bristow. Who oh, I is know. dude, Sydney. I know. Sydney, another oh my god, another they both person. have prophecies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. They both have prophecies. And Sydney, like, you know, she she's if we want to like her her, her she's a she's like she was fighting for what she she was loyal to what she believed in until she saw that it was ex- extremely corrupt and then became a double agent. Uh, you know, and she finds out that her dad, who she's been so distant, has been involved with this agency too. Like she like she thought she was disowned by her father, and then her mother looks like uh, you know, her mother's a um she was a, was she a bad guy? She was a terror no, she was a double she was agent bad. too. She was bad. She was yeah. bad though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And then like the whole prophecy stuff, like I just feel like it's they're very similar. They're very similar. But Sydney is just so cool, man. Sydney is so cool. Yeah. Sydney's amazing. Um man, especially like today with everything going on, like she is one of the most interesting women characters I can think of. She's so tough, she's so smart, she's so skilled, she's so talented. She is a chosen one. Um man, What's the differentiator that lets us pick? Because I'm not just going to be like, well, she's cooler. I, I think, look, Sid, Sydney, like, I mean, you could argue that it's prophesized, but she also, I think I she mean, made so they both were, so that doesn't right. matter. I, but, like, I feel like Neville's is circumstantial. Neville's whole thing, he wasn't, like, he wouldn't have, if, if he didn't have to, if, like, if there wasn't and then, like, uh, you know, an infiltration of, like, Death Eaters and stuff, if, if there wasn't a war at Hogwarts, I feel like he wouldn't, I don't know. I feel well, like, that's the same though. It's like if Sydney wasn't raised by two super spies, yeah. if she wasn't like curated into being a spy, like she didn't go to that agency. Like Sloan sent agents after her to recruit her to right. SD6. She didn't seek any of that out on her own. She's getting, she's going to school. Like she only joined because she was recruited because of who she was. So I don't, we need to know what is the difference between these two characters that sets them apart. Uh, They're both in school. Yeah. They're both in school doing secret missions. 
you know, saving the world. Yeah. Both of them prophesized. We got to pick. Yeah, I know pick. we have to pick. Yeah, pick something. I I would trust Neville more. You would trust Neville more. Yeah, with like Oh, because he's not a spy? Yeah. <laughs> I would trust Neville. He'd be he'd, he'd he'd take care of me, you know? I feel like just by being associated with Sydney, I might be like captured or like killed or some shit. Yeah, you know what? Stuff. I'll say this. Neville Longbottom was a nice kid, but he was rarely naive. Right. Like, he always knew who the good guys were. He always knew how to fight for the right and side. he's not afraid to stand up to his friends. How many times was Sydney like, in a position where it's, like, hard to even tell who the good guys were anymore? Like, she worked for the bad guys for so long. Like, she didn't question what they were doing. Like, she didn't, you know? Yeah, she was, that's true. So it's too loyal. Yeah. Yeah. Until her, her, she told her boyfriend, and then her boyfriend got knocked out. Right. Killed. But, like, otherwise, she fell for, like, she was manipulated, you yeah. know? Like, like in the same way that a lot of, like, Slytherin people are. They were just told, like, oh, you're a part of this powerful organization. Like, right. these other people are bad. And so she just went along with it. Like, I understand that the true. way they did it was very clever, and it all feels very real. But at the same time, she was fighting for the bad guys for a very long time. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the, that's the breaker. Yeah, I think Neville is actually more aware of the decisions he makes and he the people that a, he puts his trust in. Yeah, he's got a good sense of like, you know, who to trust and stuff. Yeah, he's got, yeah. He's, he's got a better moral compass. Yeah, exactly. He would probably never kill anyone unless he absolutely had to, which was basically what happened in the very end. Yeah. Like when he was fighting against like Nagini and stuff. But otherwise, like Neville is not interested in those kind of wars and stuff. He only did things because he had to. But Sydney was, like, proactively doing these things. Very true. Well, I agree with you there. I think that, yeah, I think Neville is a better character. She's amazing, though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. She's amazing. She's a, That show is incredible. The show is amazing. So, it's so good. I mean, it's another Abrams. I love J.J. Abrams. He's pretty great. I got so excited when they announced that J.J. Abrams thing on Apple Plus, and then I saw what it was, and I was like, this looks awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I think we have a decision there. Neville Longbottom. Okay. Ten points to Gryffindor. <laughs> He's going on. And so which uh, magical being do we go with, Neville or Thor? Oh, we're already... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. This is faster than I thought we would go. Uh, this is crazy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Thor. Yeah. I, I mean, Neville is pretty cool, but Thor deals with magic on the constant. He, he does. He's going to sit multiple realms. He does. Trying to maintain balance with Yggdrasil, the world tree. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, he's... he's. But this just... I, I do have to bring something up here. This brings back the problem of, like, just because he's in this comic series where he's done, he's just been given the opportunity to do so many more things. But like on the whole, as a character, as like a person, is he a more interesting character than Neville? Because he's just sort of a god. But he's not. Well, like Thor, like he's perceived as a god, but he still bleeds. He still, he still feels. He's, he's a, still. He's a demigod. Basically, uh, yeah. yeah. They're not. You know, I mean, God is just like what the people who, right. you know. Um, I, I, I think Thor, like. He he! I just like he he has a, a, an incredible journey. Like all the fantastical stuff aside, his origin is still you know he was given a bunch of power and was naive with it. Had you know was it it, it made him his father made him like 
lose his memory and live his life as a human to learn humility. He gets the power of Thor back. He like, he bridges, like he tries to bridge the whole idea that like gods are better than humans. Yeah. And I think that that's, that alone is like, inc- is incredible. Um, okay. I want to say one thing though. Okay. Cause there's, and I think I didn't understand what it was until now about these characters that are sometimes too powerful. And it's like, it makes them maybe a little boring. I think when mm-hmm. I start to like, cause Neville's such, Neville's such a good character and he's not even the main character, which is why I think in many ways he is an ultimate fictional character because he's not the main thrust of the series and yet he's still so important and so impactful and so well written. And it's because it's like, yeah, Thor's not a god, but he's still like super entitled. And this like idea of these stories where we take these people that are like really entitled and we're like, oh no, we're going to let them live the commoner's life so that they can learn. And then they'll go back with the messages they've learned but the power that comes with like entitlement um, and that somehow makes them the ultimate person. There's like a weird message in there about like, well, entitled people are better, but like there's a humbleness that comes with like being not entitled. So we're going to give them that experience so that you can relate to them. But then we're going to like still have them be like, there's something like kind of bullshit about that. Right. It's like a rich person being like, Oh, like I went and did like soup kitchens or like for a little while I lived paycheck to paycheck. But now that I'm a billionaire again and I came from a wealthy family and like, all this stuff was given to me. Like there's something kind of with that with Thor where he is just so endowed with these magical abilities that like sometimes he feels more like a vessel to tell other stories. Whereas like Neville feels like a real character. Yeah. It's like, we're just going to send him on all these journeys, but really the story is about the journeys and less about like, is the story always about Thor or is the story sometimes about the journey that Thor goes like, which is like the more interesting thrust of Thor's adventure, what Thor does on the adventures or the places he goes and the things he sees. I think it's what he does. Is it like, I'm, I'm honestly leaving this to you to answer. To like me. he even like, like he, he through this humility, like first of all, I, I think like by saying that like people can change, you know what I mean? And like I saying like, even though he started off as that, I, he, I don't think he is entitled anymore. I think he's like actually learned from that. Uh, and he wants to actually like, do the best he can to help Midgard, to help Earth, like to the point where he's literally teaming up with the national, uh, like environmental scientist agent of uh, of Shield to try and like stop pollution from like an oil company called. So he's Rockstar. Captain Planet. Kind of, he's trying okay. to save the planet. Look, I'm willing to give it to you on that. Uh, you know, I, I honestly like like he's he, he sees the problems and he's like he's trying to solve them. You know. Um, I don't know. I assume, no, I assume you're acting in good faith here. I don't know the comics as well as you. You definitely know the comic stories better. So that's why I have to ask you here. Um, but I do. I think that it is a problem with a lot of comic book and anime characters where they are more a vessel to tell stories in the universe than they are about the character. And that's why I think people like Neville so much because he's actually just a character in the universe. Like he is a part of the story. He's not someone that you see the story through. But I will, it doesn't mean Thor can't be either. So if you're saying Thor is, then I'm willing to say he's better. Mm. I don't know. It feels weird. Something feels off. No, I think it's, it's not, I think it's hard. They're both quite clicking. They're, they're both, they're both I, I'm such not, good characters that I personally can't choose. So I like, I, and I don't know, I don't have enough information about it. So I have to lean on you here. Yeah. So that's why I'm just asking the questions. But, yeah, man. Cause then like, I feel like, cause, cause you're right. Neville is limited to seven books. Right, but he's still such an important character. Right, and like, 
you know, even though Thor is dealing with like literally saving the planet in the last 10 years of his run, like, does that mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know what you're saying too, though. So how do we go about this? Well, I mean, that's what we're here to figure out, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah. whole point of this show. Yeah, man. <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm saying is like, I think, I think that the inherent problem with the characters like Thor is that oftentimes they're just a vessel. They're not the crux of the story. But I actually do, knowing the fact that he was like a literal god to people in real earth, Not we're not talking about the comics. Right. Um, I think that there's enough that you can actually fairly and in good faith say that Thor as a character has like true depth to him. Unlike a lot of other comic book characters. Like Beast. Like Beast, stop, stop, yeah. stop messing with time, dude. Correct. You know? So I think I think we give it to Thor. You sure? Yeah. I am. All right. Thor it is. We're gonna give it to Thor. Bring me Thanos. <laughs> and it's pretty cool. Like Oh, he's so, he's so cool. cool. Uh, which is why like I'm I'm going harder against him because I want to be sure that he's the yeah, right choice. Yeah, for sure. It's but like, in the new comics, like Dude, the, the Jason Aaron run of Thor is phenomenal. I highly recommend it for anyone yeah. the, from the God Butcher all the way to even now they're starting the War of the Realm stuff. And like, it's so, so good. And it does this cut back and forth thing where it like, cuts to like the Odin son Thor with his three granddaughters in like the very, very far future. And like, and then it cuts back to like him in the present. It's so well done. Anyways. Yeah. Very so cool. Thor moves on. <laughs> what powers do his kids have? They they also um, is it just lightning. Um, no, there's I don't really. I think it's just like strength and like. Yeah. I think one of them can can use thunder. Nice. Um, but I, I forgot what the other two can do. They're his three granddaughters. But yeah, like, they're really cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's next? Thor moves so back, Thor is back into in, the bucket. Thor is back yeah. in the bucket. Thor, along with Bugs Bunny, Monkey D. Luffy, are going back into the bucket, and then we have one more. And this, so round four is, is actually like a clown car of characters. I think <laughs> I feel like professor X, like there were a couple matchups in there that were tough, but round four is, uh, is wild. So we've got Will Turner versus Katniss Everdeen. Okay. William Turner versus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. Uh, well, look, coming out of the gate. I might be a little biased, so I need you to help me see Katniss better. Cause I, well, I mean, she's self-sacrificing. She's yes. like a badass, and she also, she, I mean, very much in the same way that like number one does. She goes against the grain. She fights, she fights against power. authority, and then she tries to find ways to do it that like she she needs to win, right? Because she can't die, yeah. but she needs to win in a way that also beats. The authority, because if she just wins, the authority still gets what they want, right? Right. The government still gets what they want. Um, they're still oppressing people. So if she can find a way to undermine them and survive, then she wins two battles, not just her own. Yeah. And she does that. She finds a way to win the heart of the people where, like, it really starts to spur a revolution you know it's a very she comes from like the slums and stuff and exactly like, you know she sacrifices herself for her, her sister um yeah you know i get it it's an amazing I story does not be biased and this yeah. is my fault i really dislike i think movies. the first movie was fine i think the rest of them are junk yeah i think I, I really dislike those movies yeah so i had to put that aside yeah um 
because she is a good character. She's a great she character. She fights against, you know, she stands yeah. for her side. She, like, leads a revolution, you know what I mean, to end this really messed up power. Um, it's also, think about it this way. There's also a lot in it that is very, you know, I mean, the characters you're going to go against Will Turner, they actually are, in a, in a rare turn of events, really different. Yeah. I'm actually struggling to find similarities because she does she has no lineage connected to any of this. She is just a nobody. Like Which makes unlike her great. all of like most other things of fiction, right? right? Where everyone's always related, everyone's knows like somebody. Will Turner is connected to Bootstraps Bill Turner. Correct. And that's, you know, the whole the whole poor the whole thing of pirates is that, you know, Elizabeth Elizabeth uh Swan yeah. finds Will Turner and shipwrecked and she takes the coin from him. That's why the pirates come and take yeah. her is because they think that she's the one with the curse, but it's actually Will Turner who's the son of Bill Bootstraps Bill Turner. And so the the whole thing though for her is she's just like everyone else. So she shows right. everyone else that she can fight yeah. against the government. Yeah. And that that is like very a very important anti fascist message, which could not be more relevant today. Yeah. And Will Turner like look, I love me some William Turner. I love that story. I'm all about that Will and Elizabeth ship. But at the end of the day, he is a pirate. And and he I here here's where it comes down to. Look he gets upstaged by Jack Sparrow all the time. Like he, Jack Sparrow is like a way better pirate than Will Turner and a way better character. I think. Jack Sparrow is just lucky, but it's part of his, it's part of his charm. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, Will Turner also upstaged Jack Sparrow from time to time. And he's like the good guy. And like Jack Sparrow never would have succeeded in the things he did in the, the three pirates movies without Will Turner. I mean, he ends up piloting Davy Jones ship. He ends up piloting the Flying Dutchman because he he he's he saves the day. Right, he stabs the heart. Exactly, and he's cursed, which makes him immortal. Yeah, <laughs> but he's but, but that's broken now, you know. Yeah, but it's also cool. That is pretty cool. That <laughs> is also very cool. But so I don't know what 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 are what are my problems with Will Turner? He's too handsome. He's very <laughs> handsome. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like c- compared to Katniss. Like this, Katniss is is you know, like she she is a great like Hunger Games would not be the Hunger Games without Katniss. I mean, while pirates would probably still be pirates without Will Turner. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Oh, you think so? I do. Interesting, because Will Turner's kid, who is basically new Will Turner, is what makes the fifth Pirates movie, which is arguably the best Pirates movie since the first one. Since the second one. Dude, sorry, the second one. Sorry, no, no. Sorry, the second one is the best one. Sorry, Are I you, agree. Oh, you agree? I, I agree. Wow. Totally agree. Dude, everyone um, like... I think it's because it ends on a cliffhanger and people right? always feel... It's like feel, the first of like the... Before Marvel movies, it was yeah. like, oh man, like, you know? No, the second one is really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's often the case with many franchises is the second one is yeah. the movie. Yeah. Um, But like the... Maybe the worst one is the fourth one? The fourth one's pretty bad. And it has it's no so Will Turner, has no Turner kit. Yeah. So like, I mean, he's not really in the fifth one, but there is just a carbon copy of Will Turner and yeah. that kid is his son. Like, yeah, that's true. So I, I, I don't know. Whereas actually without Katniss, the hunger games. Yeah. Actually the hunger games don't work without Katniss either. She is okay. She is more important she to the hunger games. She is the pinnacle twist yeah. that changes the hunger games. I mean, I guess. So what I was going to say is Will Turner is such a fun fictional character. He's very fun. And she's a more serious fictional character. And yeah. we don't actually have a lot of those here. And I would want to push her forward against him just for that fact. Also, consider, like, 
what are their stories about? Hers is a journey of revolution. His is a journey of like adventure, right? Yeah. His is, is about like adventure, about the unknown and the unexpected. And hers is a journey of like revolution. Yeah. Discrimination, revolution. Yeah. It's uh, about like being powerless and finding power in that. And I don't think we gave her a fair enough fight either. No, I don't think so. I think I, we gave Will Turner a pretty good fight. Yeah, I think I think she should move on over Will Turner. I, I think agree. she's a stronger character. Sorry, Will Turner, but it looks like you'll be down in Davy Jones' locker some more. <laughs> no! Um, so, well, she's... Ira Will Turner. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> I played a lot of Sea of Thieves for a little bit there. Role-playing, too? Oh, that's the only oh. reason I played Sea of Thieves, was so that I could get on and just... <laughs> <laughs> Take what you can, give nothing back. We be tying you to the anchor and dropping it at the bottom of the sea. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, the next one, Sabine versus GLaDOS. Dude... Dude, I like I, I don't even th- I think it's like this is a sweep. This is a slaughter. And here's the thing. People are like, why are you even having this discussion then? But like the, the way the rules work on this is we got to take a loser from each round. Professor Charles Xavier made it to the end of the series here. Um, so we weren't going to pick him from this episode. So it's either Beast, Chuck E. Cheese or GLaDOS. And really none of them stand a chance against Sabine. Yeah. None of them do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, do I don't even know. Like, like we like. Cloud's a very cool character. She's like an evil AI that has like this really twisted storyline. She's based on like a lost love. It, yeah. Like there's there's a lot of interesting thing there. It's about rampancy. It's about like a loss of control. It's about like humanity's hubris. But like there's not a journey there for no. other characters, right? Like no. she is she is the aggressor in the protagonist storyline. She's not the storyline. Yeah, I totally agree. Sabine and Sabine like. Sabine's an amazing character, you know, wielder of the black saber, Mandalorian, who like, you know, doesn't like, like fall in line with tradition. You know? Correct. Like, so let, let's just, we're just going to, we'll, we'll we talk know. about Sabine in a second. We're going to. Yeah. I'm so, we can't even like, I'm so sorry, Gladys, but like Sabine is such a great character. I can't pretend like Sabine is not way better than Gladys. Yeah. So Sabine's going to move forward. Yeah, and now it, for the chance to go back to the bucket, we got Sabine. And just just to be fair, because she's more iconic, she would win in a fight. Yeah, she's yep. she killed plenty of droids, plenty of, like <laughs> she would, so she would win a fight. More iconic, more interesting. She's got a better look to her. She's started like just everything. Yeah, she would she wins on every front. Yeah, so she's gonna go on right now, and to fight. Katniss Everdeen. Okay, and now this is a good fair fight this because now we fight. have two revolutionaries. Yes. So which is the better revolutionary? Now here, you're allowed to feel better about Katniss getting sweeped because Sabine is revolutionary. And although in many ways it's not quite as dark or like as obvious um, in in the way that it relates to like modern day fascism and things, it is still like about an empire that took over. And then she has her own family faction she has to fight in. Um, she also is the one who basically kickstarts the revolution on her planet against the empire and the takeover of the rival Mandalorian house who had like taken over. She has the dark saber. She kicks butt. She's also like an artist. Yeah. Like, a really, she, gr- really great artist. Yeah. She's like an incredibly well-rounded and interesting character. And even in the lore of star Wars, she's unique because we have never seen anyone who's cared about art. Like yep. it's such a weird thing to think about, <laughs> Yeah, but that's such an interesting character trait that they've given her that in this universe, like you don't see that. No, there's none of that. You never see that. And, and it's, it's interesting because like, I think during hard times and dark times, like art actually becomes really important, but yeah. a lot of people don't have time for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, 
the arts like in entertainment are things that like fall apart and most entertainment in dark times ends up being like bad things like for instance like hunger games whereas like sabine is like no i'm gonna use my art like as a part of our revolution as like a statement like i when we do something i want the enemy to know it was us and i want it to inspire people to join our ranks yeah like i think she beats katniss on like every front like she's sabine's just an incredible character man and like I don't really care for the Hunger Games yeah, in general. I'm so sorry. Uh, and I think Katniss, like, I think it's not her fault, but I think, you know, she got stuck in this weird love triangle thing that I found really uninteresting, and it became less about, I don't know. The one Here's the one thing I'll tell you where Katniss beats her a little bit, is Sabine is a lot more reluctant and afraid to go home and face her like fears yeah and like accept her destiny and like fight that fight whereas katniss has never shied away from those things and puts herself in harm's way constantly and sabine really has to learn to like take on that responsibility to do it yeah but on every other front like in a fight in a design in originality in their personal journeys and i think in like what makes the characters unique it's like outside of the revolution like i don't know who katniss is like right. it's hard no, to I tell totally what agree. she likes or what she cares about. Whereas like with Sabine, like she likes to have fun. She cares about her family. She cares about her friends. She has like honor and duty. She has like a specific code, but she's also like very anti-establishment. Yeah. Um, but also still believes in an order. Whereas like Katniss is almost like mm-hmm. anarchist in a way. Totally agree. So I, I just think, I think there's just more to her and we, we need to move her on. But um, yeah, there's, there's just no way Katniss can beat her in this no. fight. So Sabine's gonna go on. She does, and I feel I feel good about kicking Katniss out against Sabine because they're very similar they're, characters. They're super similar, but I think Sabine has way more depth, way more to her. Like yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you said, without Hunger Games, Katniss is just doing you know, back in line. Yeah, I think Sab- Sabine is one of the few. So Sabine is one of the few and best characters to come from the animated series that I really want to see show up in like a live action, like The Mandalorian or something. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Those two, so... That's it. Yeah, so we will go back into the bucket along with Thor. Boom. Pretty good characters, I think. I think we did a good job. Wild episode. We never talked about eight characters in one episode. That was a lot. It was like, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> the first third of this, though, is the first fight. <laughs> the first third of this whole episode. <laughs> that was a good fight, though. Um, Okay, so here's the deal. We've got two more episodes before season two starts. So it'll be next Monday, the Monday after, for when you're listening now, and yep. then... The following one will be uh, season two with Stephen Ray Morris. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next week, if you're listening, we're going to do a fun, random, the worst fictional character. Oh, yeah. It's and this is really weird. It's not about villains. It's no. about actually like who we think are the worst characters in fiction. It's going to be a little shorter run than normal because we're not like here to get negative. We just want to have fun. We'll talk about bad characters. Yeah. And then we're going to do a special like we're going to look back at season one. We're going to rank all the characters. We're going to pick the actual official ranking of the season, like who placed where. Yeah. And then we're going to pull the characters for season two. Heck yeah, man. Let's do this. Well, thank you guys so much. Don't forget, you leave us a review if you like the show. It really helps us. Uh, we appreciate it on iTunes, wherever. You can tweet us at UFC Pod uh, and, you know, let us know your thoughts. So, yeah, guys, until next week, uh, we'll see you soon, Hunters. Bye, everybody.